Good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing? Good. My name is Jason Wheeler, and I'm with CFB ISD. We are a suburb district outside of Dallas with about 26,000 students. And I knew being on Wednesday, I was going to have to compete with School Messenger Hangover and the Big Mouse. So uh, thank you for all for coming. I know it's a team building day at Disneyland, right, with all the departments, but uh, I really appreciate you being here. And speaking of Disneyland, I will have to warn you that if you know anything about like splash zones, I get very passionate and very excited about this material. So the people like in the first two rows... Or it might be in the splash zone with me spitting a little bit, so just be careful. Luckily, my staff's right there, so we've had flu together. We've had different things together, so they'll be okay. But for everybody else, you might just, you know, be a little uh, careful. But I always start every presentation with the same video because it sort of describes the state of media and the state of traditional advertising. So I'm going to go ahead and play this. Some of you might recognize it. A lot of you looking at your ages probably won't. Okay, the Andy Griffith Show is one of my top five shows of all time. And just in case you're wondering, The Wire, Sopranos, Seinfeld, Andy Griffith, and The Shield. So just in case you're wondering about my top five shows. But back then, The Andy Griffith Show during 1968 was the number one television show in the world. 41% of people that owned a TV watched that show every week. So Post knew when they put their advertising on that show, because there was only three channels back then, they knew when they put Post Serial on that ad, everyone was going to run out and buy Post Serial. There was no internet to find out what the best and healthiest cereal was. There was nothing like that. When they advertised, it was so innovative back then, people ran out and bought Post Cereal. It was the Mad Men era. You know, you put an ad out there, it worked. But what a great poet once said, you better start swimming or you're going to sink like a stone. The media landscape is so fragmented now. It is very hard to make an impact, to make a reach with our audience. I'm going to give you a little graph to show you that this is not a new thing. This actually has been occurring since the last death rattle of the golden age of television with happy days in the 70s and very early 80s commanding about a 30% share of the audience. Then in the 1980s, the Bill Cosby show, I put Rudy up there instead of Bill, but um, (laughs) VCRs were invented, boom, knocks down. Cable TV starts to expand a little bit with TBS, WGN, the internet is born with Seinfeld, it drops down. Of course, Ryan Seacrest gets massacred by social media being big. And now, with the NFL, the top show in America, we have all of that. Plus, we have Hulu, we have Netflix, we have HBO Go. It is a very fragmented society. But you're probably asking yourself, we are school districts. We do not spend money on television ads. Same things happening to the newspaper industry. 
Our smartphones are making us pick and choose what story we want to read. We don't read the newspaper cover to cover. That's a dying, dying industry. Maybe the New York Times is doing a very good job putting their stuff out digitally, but people are picking and choosing what articles they're not reading through. They're not going to see your ad. And I've heard quite a bit, you know, you hear this from board members. Well, our voters are still reading the newspaper. Well, I can tell you what, my dad is one of those over 65 voters. He has taken my grandfather, I gave him my old iPhone. He's purchased an iPad, and all he does is listen to, watch his news, and read articles on his digital device, and he picks and chooses. My dad had the newspaper Sunday through Sunday, read cover to cover, not anymore. And, of course, they like to place our ads back towards the back where no one reads anyway. So it's becoming a divided industry in there. I I got this at my front doorstep at the hotel for free. I picked it up because I saw some cool articles about Amazon and back to school, how it's exploding already. And I haven't even touched them yet. I was going to read them, but I haven't. Then, of course, you have billboards. I don't know about you. But no one really drives their car anymore looking up. They look down. I mean, this is Dallas right here. This, you just got to take your, your own life. You know, I, they, you know, they talk with their phone out like this, thinking they're talking to Kim Kardashian, because that's what they do on the reality shows. And they're sitting there. They're not watching the road. And they're definitely not looking up at the billboards. And then you have radio. I'm listening to Spotify. I'm listening to podcasts, like social media, schoolhouse podcasts, plug, plug. But I, if I'm watching or listening to FM radio, a sports channel, right when the commercials come on, I switch to the other sports channel in Dallas to see what I'm missing. I do not listen to the ads. And I didn't include this as a slide, but what about those Tuesday folders when your kid brings home a letter from the teacher or the school district? This is what mine looks like for my nine-year-old. So we are in a fragmented society. And if you look at the ROI on these investments of these traditional media outlets, it's outrageous what you have to pay to reach the people you need to reach. Newspaper, $32 to reach 1,000 people. And that's like just throwing something against the wall, hoping those 1,000 people are the people you want to reach. Magazines, radio, cable TV. But then you start getting into the sweet spot a little bit. Google AdWords, LinkedIn, Facebook ads. You still can get a lot of bang for your buck doing those. And this is just a little side note. If you're not on Facebook and Instagram advertising and spending some of your budget, I would recommend 70% of your budget. If it was me. That's just being honest. Doing these types of ads, you probably need to look into that as soon as possible because probably about a year, 18 months, maybe in the educational industry, 24 months, Once all these big organizations start buying up all the auction and driving up the price, this is still the greatest investment we have right now is social media. 
So think about that as you go back. It's killer. I would invest a lot of money. But the problem is, is what I'm alluding to, it's unhappy days for traditional advertising and marketing. We are not in the glory days where we can put out a newspaper ad or send home a printed newsletter. That's not working anymore. It's pretty much the death of the traditional game plan. Why? We're all zombified. We go around. We just don't even look at the ads anymore. Even if we do see an ad, we can't remember. Think, think of the Super Bowl. When you go to the office the next morning, and didn't you love that Super Bowl ad where the Clydesdale kicks the football through the uprights and everyone's cheering and clanging ga- glasses together? The person next to you is like, yeah, that was the best Doritos commercial. They, they don't know. They don't, that's the... People watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials, and they can't even remember what's being shown on the commercials. Those people are spending $5 million on those commercials. We are zombified to ads. And they don't trust us. They don't trust advertising anymore. It's like the used car salesman. They're not going to trust what we're saying. They trust their family. They trust their friends. They trust Kendall Jenner on Instagram when she's hawking makeup. Don't laugh. She's worth $900 million from her makeup industry. She was on the cover of Forbes magazine because she put content on Instagram the last couple of years. Yes, she was a Kardashian, but she hustled and she got it done. So they don't trust us anymore. It's a big issue. They, I, this is, I'll bring this up very quickly, but does anyone remember, did anyone live during the 80s as a kid? And you were at the Little League game or your soccer game or your softball game. And your dad had that big VHS camera. And he filmed everything from the car to the car. The grass, you know, was in the picture. And, you know, I think we go through this interest here. No, we don't. It's over there. So you hear every conversation. And the one thing I remember from those, vi- those videos, I don't remember me hitting that triple and everyone, you know, cheering. I remember the moms sitting in the stands, and you can hear in the background of the VHS tapes, oh, I just don't know about that teacher. She wasn't teaching the, you know, the math curriculum the right way that we really appreciate. And then, you know, say, did you hear what happened at such and such elementary? It's the word of mouth. It's the community that's fueling, and they trust those people. They trust their family and friends. That's who they trust. They're not trusting ads anymore. It's very difficult to earn that trust. And of course, we hate, hate advertising. We have invented industries where we get rid of advertising. DVR, pee breaks. We just do whatever we can to avoid ads. We hate them. We don't want to see them, and they just bother us. And then, of course, like I mentioned earlier, we're on thousands of different platforms. We don't know from day to day what's going to be the big thing. Twitch, if you've not explored this for your district, it's probably something you want to look into. Google Twitch, if you don't know what it is. It's basically, it started out as a live video gaming platform where kids are on there doing their video games. But now they have different channels like cooking, fashion. This is where... The 18 to 35-year-olds, that is what they're on. I saw a study the other day, 20 hours a week, people watch Twitch. That's what they do. My little girl, 
She watches other kids play toys on YouTube. <laughs> Elsia and Anya, which is a clear ripoff of Frozen, but it's a girl and her mom, and they go, nin, 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 with toys. She watches that for hours. And my kid came up to me the other day, my nine-year-old, and he said, Dad, I really want to know what I want to do when I grow up. And since I've known him, which is negative nine months, he has always said he wants to be a paleontologist. So, of course, I was writing for the, you know, of course, the canned answer of paleontologist. He goes, I want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> and I said, a paleontologist YouTuber? <laughs> but he want, they want to be YouTubers. That's where they're spending their time on. And then, of course, raise your hand. If your prime source of entertainment these days is Netflix, Hulu, or HBO Go, look around. That is powerful. People are not spending time in traditional media. And there has been a huge shift where the consumer is in charge. Our parents are in charge. They are the ones that are finding out the information. When we send information out, they're looking on YouTube. When I went to go buy a car, I watched videos of test drives of cars that I wanted to buy. I knew more about the car when I went into the dealership than the dealer did. I was ready to buy right when I walked in. The power was with me. I didn't watch Ford ads or Chevy ads. I researched it myself and found the best car that fit me. Little side story, my wife and I, when our first kid was born, just when YouTube had come out, and the nurse comes in, you know, when you're getting ready to leave, they bring the baby back after they clean it one last time, and they come in, and she goes, all right, it's time to pack up and put your little one in the car seat, and by law, I'm not allowed to help you put him in the car seat. And we had been practicing on stuffed animals for like three months to make sure it was in there and secure. But what did we do? I was like, Amy, get on YouTube right now. How do we strap a kid in properly that's alive on a car seat? I went on YouTube. Now, if Craco would have put out the best way to install your car seat or to install your kid in a car seat, then I... I might have gone out in my next purchase, I might have bought Craco because they put the ad or the video out there of how to secure your kids safely in a car seat. Then, of course, Google, one of the most powerful platforms we have out there. At the touch of our fingertips, we can get any information we want about any product, any service, and any school we want in, on earth. Do we have any Canadian people in here? What do you call kindergarten in Canada? That was one of the things that popped up, one of the suggestions when I was looking up like what kindergarten and school. But we, the consumer has the power. They have Google. They have YouTube. And of course, they have great schools and School Digger, which can be, you know, a pain or maybe help some of you, but uh, we don't know what their algorithm is or how they get their rankings, but uh, it's some secret society you have to be involved in to get that. But the consumer has shifted. They have the power. We don't have the power anymore when we put our messages out there. The consumer has the power. 
And this is why content marketing that I'm going to talk about today is so very important because it busts down the walls of traditional advertising and marketing and it puts you a leg up in this information age. So what is content marketing? Some of you probably have no idea. Um, this is the uh, definition from the Content Marketing Institute. They're one of the leading authorities on content marketing. But the things you really need to get out of this is developing content that is valuable, relevant, and consistent. And the key word I would take out of there is valuable to a defined audience. This is about niche audiences, finding out their pain points, and developing content that is going to help them make the best informed decision that they have. You don't want them to make a decision from great schools or from the neighbor that's never had a kid in your school district. You want them to make the decision from you, but in an innovative way. And I think when you Google content marketing, if you did that before you came here, you probably saw a lot about blogs. But it doesn't have to be about blogs. There are thousands of different ways you can put content, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, content out there that's going to resonate with your audience. But the key word is your audience. It might be different in your community than it is in mine. You need to really figure out who your audience is and develop content that is going to be valuable to that group. And if you do this correctly, some of the benefits, I'll start at the bottom, SEO, search engine and optimization. Your name is going to be out there more on Google, Bing, Yahoo before it dies. You're going to be out there in the search rankings. The more content that's valuable. The algorithms on Google now are all about valuable content. It's not just you put something out there and you're up in the rankings. It has to be valuable for this to work. So SEO. You're forming relationships with your parent base. Great information. They're going to trust you because you are the trusted expert in that field that you're giving this valuable information out. And the biggest word there that I can say the biggest benefit is trust. People want to trust the source. They want to trust the information that they are getting. And hopefully your content marketing will do that. Because if you look at some of these numbers... I'll let you read those on your own, but I have one big one that if you have not read this book, it's awesome. Millennials with Kids. It not just talks about millennials. It talks about the new generation of millennials that have gotten older and they have kids and they're putting their kids into these school districts now. Millennials with Kids has great stats. It has great insight into what this generation is deciding on for their kids. And if you look at this number right here, in this book, they did a study, 71% of millennial moms, 
who probably make up the largest decision-making for education for their child, especially young children, 71% say they get their number one source and trusted source of parental guidance from mommy blogs. So some stranger they don't know that has like a cool hip blog that talks about all these tips you can do with your school-aged children, they trust them more than the schools. They trust them more than their family. 71% say they get their parenting advice from mommy bloggers. So that's an incredible number. 